It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. I'm also the Vice President of Partner Strategy and Development at Fetch Rewards mobile loyalty platform. While my podcast partner, Shri, cannot be with us for this episode, I am pleased to report that we have in his place a very good friend of mine, Efren Rosario, Senior Partner, Omnichannel Retail at Grounded World, a B Corp certified social innovation and brand activation agency, thriving at the intersection of brand experience, commercial strategy, and social impact. Efren, welcome to the co-host chair of the CPG Guys podcast. Thanks, Peter. It's great to be here today. Thanks, Efren. And I want to mention that Efren is not here by accident. He is actually now part of 
the CPG Guys family. News breaking, you may have heard from an earlier episode at the beginning of this year. Starting this month, Afram and his friend Daniel Torres Dwyer are launching their own podcast called the FMCG Guys, which takes the CPG Guys format of omnichannel digital exploration to the European market. Both Efren and Daniel are based in Europe and will be talking with fast-moving consumer goods and retail thought leaders about the transformation happening on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Efren, would you please share a little more about this new venture? Yeah, thanks, Peter. As you said, we are, uh, Daniel and I are excited to join the CPG family, uh, continue the great work that you and Shri have started here in, uh, in the U.S. and uh, really bringing it across the pond to share with uh, with our European colleagues. What we're planning on doing is really, in essence, expanding that into the European markets, building on the great work that you and Sri have done, as well as the foundation that uh, Daniel has done with his Lead and Thrive podcast, and really explore some of those same omni-channel digital topics and thinking about what the impact is for some of our European counterparts. And really, we've already discussed, uh, we've had a couple of great discussions so far with a couple of folks on some really great topics, and we're looking forward to bringing those to our audience the coming year. We could not be more excited uh, about you joining this family. It is uh, something that a lot of our listeners have been asking for. So having the European perspective on some of these topics is going to be greatly appreciated, I think, by our by our industry. I want to remind our audience that all of our content may be found by visiting cpgguys.com. In fact, we're going to have a link to FMCG Guys on the CPG Guys page. Uh, if you aren't already following us on LinkedIn, open up your mobile app or go to a browser site for LinkedIn and just enter CPG guys in the search box. And when you get to our page, just click follow. That way you'll get to see all the content we're producing. And the best thing about it, Efren, I know this is exciting, isn't it? It's free. No, it doesn't cost nothing. I mean, so everybody can afford free, right? Also, I want to mention that we are in a partnership with New, which is the Network of Executive Women. It's a not-for-profit organization with about 19,000 members that is dedicated to gender equality in the workplace and advancing career opportunities for women. And in the middle of every Wednesday episode is hidden a little bit of an Easter egg where we talk about new and some of the activities and education they've got coming. So please check that out. And if you want to learn more about new, just go to newnewonline.org slash CPG guys. Today, we are back at it with data and analytics, which is my domain and home turf. I've said many times before, data is one of the most valuable commodities in consumer packaged goods. And when converted to actionable insights, the game changer for brand equity growth. We've had others on this show in earlier episodes talk about the role of data and how the future of insights will be shaped by scale and speed. So we are partnering in a two-part series with The Math Company, a modern hybrid consulting firm that builds custom AI applications for enterprises. Its consulting model addresses pressing gaps in conventional analytics, service provider and off-the-shelf product models, including a lack of speed, reusability, and customization. Today's episode is with their co-founder. So please join Efren and me in welcoming to the CBG Guys podcast, Adi, Kumba Konam. Adi, greetings. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Peter. Thank you for this opportunity to partner with you folks. Excited to talk about CPG organizations, analytics initiatives, some of the challenges that these large organizations face, innovation trends within the space. I think over the last 15 years, I've been fortunate to work and learn from leaders in the CPG industry, and I'm looking forward to sharing that perspective today. Hey, that's terrific, Adi. Before we get to the questions, 
Would you please first tell us one where our audience can learn more about the math company solutions online and then give us a brief overview of your company and how it helps grow your clients' businesses? Online, I think the best place to go is our website, www.themathcompany.com. We put out some great stuff there with respect to how we are innovating in the space, some of the, the latest problems that we're solving with best-in-class techniques and uh, the difference that we make to, to lots of our customers in terms of driving value through decisions. I'll give you a little bit uh, of context about the math company. At the math company, we are all about helping our customers make simplified decisions at speed so that they can focus on driving innovation in their core business processes. We love problem solving at scale and, and bring together a unique offering of assets and experts to drive business value. Today, we work with over 35 Fortune 500 organizations across the United States and Europe, and we adopt a full-stack philosophy to solve problems in the areas of supply chain, revenue management, marketing, customer intelligence, and digital. Now, you might have heard this from a lot of founders, but I truly believe that our uniqueness lies in how we do things. Our vision focuses on three principles, driving enterprise value, not just standalone value, but true enterprise value. And to be able to do this, we have to solve many problems within an enterprise, problems in pricing, supply chain, marketing. So the goal is to partner holistically with organizations to drive huge amounts of value. The second point is doing things at speed. A lot of the problems we solve are not necessarily new. Fortune 500 organizations have been solving these problems like marketing mix, forecasting, promotion effectiveness for almost two decades. The trick is to consistently get faster and better with new technology. So what we've done is we've developed assets that give us the ability to do things two times, three times faster than, than the competition out there. We don't start from scratch. We leverage codified pre-built assets and customize them with experts who understand the context and the nuance of the problem that they're solving. The last point is doing things at scale. Solutions have to scale to cater to the size of these large global enterprises that we work with. This means 100,000 SKUs, 50 plus countries, 25 factories, billions of customers. And to do this, we follow a full stack philosophy to build assets within our clients. This makes them self-sufficient and drives decisions in production. That is terrific, Adi. Thank you for that overview. There are a couple of themes you mentioned during that uh, that I know Ephraim and I are going to dig into during this conversation. So looking forward to that, what I'm going to do is in, I'm going to tell our audience that included in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode, you'll be able to find a link to Adi's LinkedIn profile and a link to the math companies, both their website and their LinkedIn page. So please do check out the digital liner notes of this episode. You don't have to remember what anything is or type it all down. Just open up the mobile app that you're using to listen to this podcast and click on the hyperlinks in the episode liner notes. All right, I'm going to kick this off, Adi, with the formal questions. This is a, kind of a high-level one. Why do you think that advanced analytics are a must-have for consumer goods companies in this day and age? To be honest, advanced analytics has been a must-have for some time now. Uh, organizations have, have also seen a mindset change. It's less about the why now and more about the what and how, at least from our perspective. It's, again, less about looking at what happened in the past and more about what is likely to happen in the future, which is where advanced analytics, predictive modeling, machine learning plays a role. Leaders in enterprises today just cannot envision doing their jobs without advanced analytics. It's, it's almost like navigating a complex environment without information and insights at your fingertips. Right? So if you're able to predict what opportunities are going to come your way or what risks are going to hurt you in the future, if, you, if you're unable to predict these, then you're bound to fail. Experience alone is, is not entirely sufficient without advanced analytics powering a constant test and learn cycle, so to speak, to optimize decision making. From a market standpoint, 
a fast-changing consumer landscape where you're challenged to constantly reinvent your product, supply chain, marketing strategy, combat competition from niche local vendors, um, and emergence of new data sources, technology. I think there have been so many drivers uh, that can be pretty overwhelming for most enterprises to make holistic decisions without the support of advanced analytics. Adi, uh, it's great to have you here today. Just following up on that, in your role as trusted advisor to these consumer good companies, what are some of the common challenges or the most common challenges that you see that they face in applying AI and advanced analytics to solve problems like the ones you mentioned? Nice to meet you too, Efrain. And, and when you talk about challenges, I think most people will start with data. It makes sense, right? What can you do without good quality data? Well, good quality data uh, infrastructure is is almost utopian. It's a future state that will always exist with the pace at which technology is changing today. But I can confidently tell you that no organization out there is without uh, their source of data problems, infrastructure, foundational problems. In my view, the biggest challenges are more organizational and cultural related. It starts with having the right leaders who understand the power of data and analytics. Do they have a clarity and do they have a bold vision to, to navigate the foundational challenges that exist to get started and to take it to the ne- or to take it to the next level? You see, once you start that journey, start with small wins, your data challenges and foundational challenges slowly fade away. Yes, you still need to get all your data together, but there's nothing like a lack of action that limits progress in most organizations. Next, identifying your analytics vision, the type of problems you want to go after, that starts to get become important. And then there are a bunch of solution-related challenges that come along. Most solutions today are proprietary. They don't give visibility and comfort of what is under the hood. This is actually the top challenge that we hear from most customers, that they're afraid to trust something that they don't really understand. And a lot of what we do goes into helping customers, giving them that comfort and, and establishing that trust that our solutions are open, transparent, and can be tweaked to customize them. The second challenge, bespoke solutions don't really scale. They work well for proof of concepts, but making things production ready is important. Otherwise, they're just rendered useless. The last thing that I'll call out is products are an option. Product vendors, product partners are an option, but uh, they're not customizable. And many times, products help you solve a fixed problem. They're not dynamic enough to cope with fast-changing market scenarios. So all, all in all, these some of these factors lead to poor consumption and overall lower return of investment. And uh, At least from our purview, these are the biggest challenges that we see enterprises struggle with. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Adi, particularly on the issue of solving dynamic problems. Uh, that is, that's the real challenge. It's great when you're yep. static and you know what to expect. It's really when you get thrown those curveballs, you have to figure it out. Hey, let's talk about this role called the Chief Data and Analytics Officer. It's a relatively new addition to the C-suite at most consumer goods companies. Given that data maturity is still fairly low in most of these organizations, what do you see as being the most effective ways that people in this role can deliver measurable ROI to the enterprises and what type of toolkit will make them more successful? Uh, I think this is an important role and uh, it's a significant development that has happened over the last few years. Right, I think organizations have invested in creating a role, creating teams under this role, and establishing a structure that can dedicatedly drive data analytics within enterprises. If So if you think about this role, I think some of the best CDOs out there today take a longer-term approach to data analytics. Most organizations are in some sort of current state. They're solving certain number of problems. They're seeing some sort of traction. Uh, they're seeing some value. But if you really want to be successful in the long run, you have to start by laying the foundation creating best practices on how analytics gets done within an organization. A CDO is not necessarily under the pressure to show why marketing returns are justified, right? So they don't have that pressure 
Uh, they, they don't have to think about pricing effectiveness. So they can take a step back and take a longer term view and create saying that, okay, do we have a data lake, for example, right? And, and how do we create that foundation within the organization? There are maybe hundreds of users, uh, consumers of analytics. How do they interact today? What is the process, right? I'm sure every top organization partners with numerous uh, vendors, trusted partners like us, and how do all of them come together in the ecosystem? So I think laying some of those rules is sort of the first step. I'll, I'll do caution that in the pursuit of creating a data lake, if that starts to become the only objective, that's a never-ending activity. And again, that's a, a pitfall where you can't just get consumed by creating one version of the truth and spending years and years going after that pursuit. But you have to lay the foundation, solve a few business problems, show value, and then come back and constantly keep improving your foundational aspect. Collaboration is also an important point that I'd like to talk about. I think in most organizations, the CDO has to have almost the ability to be able to speak to their peers, uh, whether that's a CMO, whether it's a CFO, whether that's a CTO, and collaborate with them to identify what their short-term goals, long-term goals are, and how those can be fulfilled. I've seen CDO journeys fail when they've taken a single-minded approach to doing what they think best without necessarily bringing in the rest of the organization into collaboration. So that's, again, an, an important piece. So those are the two things uh, that I'd call out. And once you get started on that journey, I think we are in a space where you start to show value, then you have a problem stopping people coming to you and asking you for insights, right? So once you cross that critical threshold, I think it's a great place to be in for most companies out there. That's great to hear. A lot of really interesting thoughts in that response. Um, I wanted to go back to something you said at the beginning of the conversation where you talked about helping people think about the how with regards to data and analytics. That being said, do you think that process on its own is sufficient in terms of creating a successful analytic solution deployment? And if so, or if not, what is the role of the competency in people in regards to playing, is it play a critical role with regards to that? I think successful analytics deployment goes just beyond just deploying AI models, churn out high accuracy outputs. At the end of the day, the solution needs to simplify decision-making. Processes and frameworks are great, and they're an excellent starting point to give structure on how an organization should function, right? But the number of decisions and the pace at which they need to be made as these start to increase exponentially, you need to have not just strong process in place, the right products, platforms to help you scale, and of course, the right set of people. People are important. I mean, we, sometimes we try to get carried away by AI, machine learning, and think that we can get rid of the dependency on people. But at the end of the day, people are what change things. Behavioral attributes are so important to drive change management within an organization. Uh, so all these three parts need to complement each other. A lot of day-to-day -day decisions can be automated, exception handling, you can create exception handling rules. But at the end of the day, strategic decisions, tactical decisions, and even operational decisions need to have a human element to it. And the solution needs to be effective. Uh, you have to build uh, what we call human-centric processes and products. That's when you really see some of these deployments being successful. I'll remind our audience that we are speaking today with Adi Kumbakonam, the co-founder of The Math Company. Adi, that's great. I'm going to now talk a little bit more specifically about proprietary capabilities at your company. You've developed a proprietary data science platform called Codex. What is involved in Codex and how does it position your clients to design, deploy, and transform client business ecosystems? I'm super excited to talk about this. Codex has been a true differentiator for us. And it's it's a uh, I see it as a true manifestation of our vision as an organization and, and how we want to make a difference within some of these large enterprises. Just to reiterate what I said earlier, 
we believe in delivering maximum enterprise value for our customers, and we like to do it quickly, and we want to do it at scale. And Codex en- enables us to deliver on this promise. With Codex, what we've done is we've taken years to create codified solutions to the pressing and most commonly occurring problems faced by CPG organizations, be it measuring and restructuring marketing investments, optimizing assortment plans, balancing the distribution across online and offline channels. And we've pre-built these applications. This allows us to deploy solutions significantly faster. And by that, I mean two to three times faster than anyone else out there. And, And because of the modular nature of the solutions, they can be easily scaled across the organization, no, many, no matter how many markets, product categories, SKUs uh, that an enterprise might have. While we offer speed and scale with Codex, we've also developed Codex in such a way that it navigates some of the nuanced organizational and operational challenges posed during solution deployment. For instance, Codex offers sufficient room for customization, uh, ensuring that any solution can be modified to incorporate the nuances of an organization's internal process. This could be related to your data engineering stack on where you bring in data or how consumption happens within uh, your organization or even what people are used to seeing uh, within the enterprise, right? Uh, At the crux of it, then Codex helps transform client ecosystems quickly and effectively, allowing them to respond to the ever-dynamic market and tap into fleeting opportunities. So you alluded to some of these already in your previous response, but can you give us some examples in terms of how Codex can tackle some of these specific challenges? Like for example, reducing customer churn by creating an actionable revenue growth plan. And can you talk a little bit about what the benefit that a a CPG company would receive as a result of that? Customer churn, as you rightly said, is is a big concern for CPG organizations. The entry barrier to the CPG space is is getting lower day by day, and uh, all of us see an influx of new brands catering to niche customer segments. A lot of these are local as well, which have their own value proposition. So tackling churn is a crucial component to growing revenue. And when I say growing revenue, being able to get to the double-digit category level growth that everybody aspires to. In fact, we've seen manufacturers double, even triple their revenue growth by keeping a check on churn of their loyal customers. So if you simplify the problem, it's a two-stage process. Predict customers who are likely to make a shift, identify how to target them with the right products at the right price at the right time and place. And we have a, a revenue management suite of applications in Codex, which is a curation of ready-to-deploy applications aimed at delivering double-digit growth is designed to tackle all the problems that I talked to you about, revenue growth, the holistic understanding of pricing, promotions, assortment, distribution, and you have to solve these problems together. If you're just going to make promo effectiveness efficient or optimize promo effectiveness, you can't be looking at assortment and distribution separately, right? So taking decisions with a singular lens often offers much better odds and to increase your top line. We solved a similar problem for a leading CPG customer of ours where Codex helped identify pivotal points in the consumer journey, analyzed purchase basket and customer purchase behavior. And eventually it led us to quantifying lost opportunities and and minimizing customer churn. So hopefully this example gave you some sense of uh, how we go about solving this problem. That was terrific, Adi. Let's take another issue. One of my favorites having started my professional career in the space in space management. And that's notably assortment planning. How is assortment planning in an omni-channel world more challenging from your perspective? And how do you consult your clients to optimize assortment across all of their retail channels? Yeah, it's a great question, Peter. Uh, the 
the the consumer journey and is rapidly changing with consumers fluidly moving between online and offline environments they now interact with assortments of the same manufacturer but multiple touch points it has become a big challenge to provide the same seamless and unified consumer experience given the differences in formats right there are many perspectives angles from which manufacturers need to make changes in terms of their marketing efforts the kind of promotions they run their supply chain so it's integrated and so on right assortment planning is one of them while manufacturers are dealing with the likes of the big box retailers and the big online retailers of the world it's important to understand the synergies that exist across and they begin by planning the solution architecture around these synergies so what we do is we start by building a holistic data architecture which encapsulates both worlds together then this gives us a single view to be able to look at behavior across multiple channels and to improve the accuracy of assortment plans we also dive deeper into the data to increase the granularity of the solution the frequency and the the level at which analysis is done just to give you an example codex today has has a has a feature where if you want to look at promo effectiveness or even marketing effectiveness for certain campaigns you can do that within weeks of the campaign completed as opposed to a quarterly and half yearly readouts that the industry is used to promotion effectiveness assortment planning it's it's music to my ears adi i'm i'm loving what i'm hearing so I did want to ask one question with regards to you know the math company has seen rapid growth since its inception and uh, would just love to hear and I'm sure our audience would love to hear as well what's next for the math company and what is the role of that codex will play in regards to this future growth we are an ambitious organization and I think that's because of the people that that comprise the organization and and we've we've been fortunate to see great growth by data proves that we've been one of the fastest in the space our quest is always to solve the maximum number of problems out there you want to solve all the problems for all the organizations and generate huge amounts of business impact to be able to achieve such high aspirations we need something that is more unique than typically just going and being able to create bespoke solutions for one organization or the other right so we are on the path to build all these ready to deploy application suites for different industries and different business functions the efficiencies of speed and scale that come along with it just gives so many benefits such as an improved consumption index typically 15% of solutions get consumed and we've seen a big uptake in that number so what codex brings to the table it is a key di- driver for growth for the math company we want organizations out there to think of the math company uh, when they think of business value creation and advanced analytics so yeah we definitely have our foot in the pedal and and let's see where we go from here i want to remind our audience that all of our content links to our podcast and over 40 platforms our social media accounts on Twitter on Instagram and certainly on LinkedIn as well as a list of the podcasts that uh, we like to listen to which now includes the FMCG guys you can get there by just going to cpgguys.com and we want to be focused on what our audience wants to hear about the best way for that to happen is for you to give us feedback and the way you can do that is go to ratethispodcast.com/cpgguys and go to the apple platform leave us a review and if you want to give us a rating we like ratings my favorite number is 5 but it can be whatever number you want but honestly we want your feedback so please do let us know hey adi this was absolutely terrific thank you for introducing us to the math company and how you help consumer goods companies address critical issues that uh, data and uh advanced analytics can enable for the growth of their enterprise. We're going to have I mentioned in the liner notes of this podcast, we'll have links to both your profile 
on LinkedIn, the math company's LinkedIn page, and also obviously the math company's website, which is if you're if you don't want to go to the liner notes and you're too urgent, you want to just write go right to your website. Uh, it's pretty simple, themathcompany.com. So Adi, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure, Peter Efrain. I think the questions were very thought-provoking and and hopefully uh, you got what you wanted, but thank you so much. It was tremendous. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Afrin, not bad, right? Kicking off uh, the new year with the CPG guys. And uh, I'm going to remind our audience that they should check out the FMCG guys podcast. What we're going to do with Afrin and Daniel is they're going to be occasionally co-hosting with us on, on our platform. We'll be talking about them. We'll start appearing on their platform. We're even hoping maybe even by the time that Shop Talk Europe shows up next summer, we might even take a jump across the pond and all get together for uh, for some collaborative content in real life. But Avrin, thank you so much for joining me on this journey today. Thanks, Peter. It's been great to be here. Adi, thanks for, uh, for having me be part of this conversation. Uh, learned a lot. So uh, looking forward to doing it again. All right, everybody. Remember, fmcgguys.com. That's fast-moving consumer goods. That's the CPG of Europe. To our audience, I want to thank you for joining us today. We've got uh, a second part of our partnership with The Math Company coming up in a couple of weeks, so please stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Goodbye. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.